you are tuned in to the prayer project with the goal is to show people Jesus through Bible teaching and gospel preaching. My name is Daniel and welcome to episode 12 of the prayer project. And this week I'm excited. I know last week was no episode. That's good. Good reason though. I was sick. I wasn't feeling good. So took that week off. But this week we're back. Oh, excuse me. This week we're back. I know that this might be a not a heavy topic, but it's something that I'm really passionate about, that I've dealt with, that I want to shed some light on, which is men's mental health. And with June being men, Men's Mental Health Month, I saw it fitting to do an episode on this, kind of talk about it, but in the more so of a biblical context of what the Bible says about mental health, but not as general, but more specifically, how Jesus dealt with mental health. Because Jesus has, in a sense, dealt with things he's experienced felt emotion and he's gone through heavy emotions so there's a verse that it's one of my favorite verses that really spoke to me when i was dealing with my mental health and my emotions and trying to figure out how to process everything and just feel my emotions and it's it's the shortest verse in the bible actually and it's john eleven thirty five. And the only words it says are these two words. is Jesus wept. Jesus wept. And what I love about the Bible's word use is that word weeped or wept or weep. Weep means to feel something deeply and or strongly. And in the context of this verse, is after Lazarus had died, he was Jesus' friend. And Jesus had waited. And when he went to go visit the tomb where Lazarus was laid, he started weeping. He was filled with this heavy, strong grief. And it, and he felt it. I want to kind of sit with that because Jesus felt that grief. He allowed himself to go through grieving for a little bit. He was... This is the... I love this picture of Jesus because it shows that he was 100% man because he felt these, this emotion so strongly at that. And he was still 100% God in the midst of those, those, motions, those emotions. And it's so cool to see that although he's 100% God, Jesus is still so acquainted with our grief, with our sorrow, with our pain, with our suffering. He's so familiar with it. Yet we turn to other things to outsource for our, a cure to whatever it may be. When in reality, all we needed was right in front of us, right next to us, and that's Jesus. So I know I wanted to focus on men's mental health, so why not look at the one who's a man of men? It's Jesus. As we're looking at here in this verse, he wept so strongly for Lazarus, his friend. And knowing that Jesus allowed himself to feel this emotion and us being image bearers of God, why do we not feel our emotions? Why is it that men are so, and I'm saying, oh man, I've done this too. I still do it, you know? We refuse to feel our emotions. And when I say feel, I mean to, oh my gosh. When I say feel, I mean to like allow them to take their course, run their course, to whether it be to cry or to be angry or to, you know, whatever it is, 
but not to let them control us, but to let them take their course. Because the only way to heal is to feel. Because if you don't feel anything, you're not going to be able to heal. And I know that's all, oh, you know, just, just give us some time. Time always heals. Now, I, me personally, I don't believe that. I don't believe that time heals. Because the only thing that heals is Jesus. And Jesus allows us to feel our emotions. And us feeling our emotions leads us to healing. So what is the role of a biblical man? So, that's not talking said. So, see, being a man of God is often really confusing nowadays in our society because of how twisted and confused culture is nowadays. But a few, I just wrote them down here in my notes, a few of the characteristics of a biblical man are, he's a protector of his family, his loved ones. He provides for them. He leads the household or possibly his, the Lord's church. He's a spiritual leader. You know, in the sense, you know, he leads the church, he leads his family, both physically and as people, but also as disciples of Christ. And those are the four that really stuck out to me and that I personally am pursuing because to be a godly man is one of the biggest blessings in life. Because I get to even more so be like Jesus. I get to pursue the, the calling he has designed and crafted me for. And I think that's so cool because knowing that Jesus was, man, he also dealt with things that I've dealt with. He's familiar with temptation. He's familiar with grief. He's familiar with being sad, having a bad day. Ah, today just sucks, you know. Not, I don't know why, I'm just in a mood. He's familiar with that. He knows, he knows what's up. So knowing that he's... Knowing that he's familiar with all these things and what you're feeling and what you're not, or what you're not feeling, what you're thinking or not thinking about. There's so much comfort because a lot of times, I know for me personally, when I was dealing with a lot of things, I just wanted someone who understood me. Someone who didn't just hear me, but was listening. Who knew like exactly to a T what I was feeling and dealing with. When I could find no one, Jesus was like, you done finding for someone? I've been here. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting. You done? And once I finally realized that Jesus is all I needed, the rest is history. I fell so in love with Jesus because I realized that only He could cure me. Only He could set me free from my depression. And being free from that is so... It's. I was even telling... I was talking to my mom the other day. About like you know what I was dealing with when I was back in college and things like that, and I, now that I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, there's no way that was me. Like I was doing the things that I was doing. That I was like, walking that walk, you know. Like, it like it trips me out that that was me. That that used to be me, and that people knew that as me. But now that I've you know made new in the Christ, I've been restored. It's like yeah, this is what I this is what I'm about. This is who I am because I found my identity in Christ and not my depression. Because once I started putting 
my identity, oh, I'm, I'm depressed. That's, you know, that's what I'm known for. Or that's what I think of myself. That's not going to help you. But once you put your identity in Christ, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Made for a purpose, with a purpose. Made by love, for love. That switch has flipped in my mind and it'll flip in yours. Because you were made for a reason, for a specific purpose that God has planned for you. So don't think, oh, I'm just here existing. Oh, it's better if I didn't, it's better if I wasn't alive, whatever. No, because those are lies the enemy is putting in your mind. Those are lies that Satan wants to tell you because he's scared of you. One of my old Bible teachers in high school, he told me, I, kind of, I was able to come to him about a lot of these things and we would have good conversation. And he goes, sometimes when you're having those bad days when you just feel like doing something that you will regret, it's because Satan is throwing those distractions on you because he has more faith in you about your potential than you do. He sees what God can do in and through you and he's scared of that. So why are you going to let him win when he knows your full potential better than you do? And God, the one who created you with that potential, is trying to get you to that spot where you are using your full potential, your full blessing, your full gifts, but you're ignoring him. Why? Why are you ignoring the one who wants the best for you? More than your mom, more than your, your dad, your parents, whoever. Your boyfriend, girlfriend, your loved ones, your brother, your sister. Oh, I want what's best for you. But God does. But God wants what's best for you, but he's more concerned about your character than what's best for you. Because he will develop your character. He will. That's all. That's... That's the majority of what growing in your faith is. You're just developing your character again and again. Okay, you you develop this far. Okay, you got to go through this so you know so you can develop this skill. Okay, you develop that. All right, next one. It's the Lord is just He's just upgrading you, man. He's upgrading you. That's all it is. And we're in the midst of the suffering. I just I have this little visual, this analogy. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. And this really put a lot of things into a good perspective for me and how to view suffering and trials. So it was saying, when you look at the equation, 5 plus 4, most oftentimes you don't see it as, oh, it's 5 plus 4. You see it as, oh, it's 9. 5 plus 4 equals 9. So, the same thing. When you see suffering, don't see suffering as and itself suffering. See it as an opportunity to have int intimacy with God, to grow closer to Him, to run to Him, to rest in His Word, and not just, oh, I'm going to suffer. This is I'm suffering right now. Okay, that's all it is. No, I mean it's easier, a lot easier said than done. Than done. But if we practice this mindset and this idea that not even idea this in a sense practice that everything is an opportunity to grow closer with the lord and to worship and praise him there's nothing that can stop you man like it's so like it's so free you're just so free and knowing that jesus has died for you you don't have to live with that stress you don't have to oh i have to worry about you know, my sin, because, I mean, you do technically, but if you just walk in the Lord, I'm not saying you're not going to sin. I, I sinned earlier. You know, you sin every day. We all do. 
But when you walk with the Lord, there's a new, you get a new mindset. The Lord allows you to see things differently. You, you see things with a God's eye view. And it's, it's hard to explain unless you know what I'm talking about. Because the way I used to view life was very, how does this benefit me? How am I going to do this? You know, all about me, really self-centered. But it wasn't like in a, I mean, anything self-centered is bad, but I'm trying to, how do I convey this? Like the way I see view life was so like, oh, I, I want to look, look, look out for me and my own in a way. But now that I'm renewed in the Lord, okay, it's more of, okay, God, how can I glorify you through every situation I'm presented with? I wasn't just pick and choose, oh, this is good for me, this is good for me. It was like, no, Lord, whatever situation and circumstance you present me with, I'm going to do with it what I can to glorify you and to give it back to you and to bless you, hopefully bless you through it. And that's a whole, that's a whole like 180, you know? But that doesn't just happen on its own. You have to allow God to do that, to work in you so that he can work through you. Because I'm just going to be like, Okay, Lord, I want to do this and just sit back and just, you know, whatever. Like for me, same thing with this podcast. Like I want the Lord to use this, but he can't guide steps I'm not taking. I got to help myself out first for Lord to, all right, let's do this. You're, you're, you're starting the path? Okay, I'm coming with you. Okay, I see that you're doing this. Okay, let's work. Same thing with your mental health. If you don't want to get better, if you don't want to heal, the Lord's not going to help you. <laughs> I mean, nothing is going to neglect you. But he said, you don't want to get help? You don't want to get help. It gives us that free will. But if he sees that, you know, you, you're desiring to get better, so you turn to things that are healthy, you turn to the Bible, you turn to the things of the Lord, and he sees that he'll honor that, and he'll say, okay, no, they're really trying. So he'll, he'll work his magic, you know. He'll, he'll heal you in a way you didn't think you could be healed. And that's what's so cool about God. That he'll do things you didn't think he, you would. He'll put you in places you didn't think you'd be. He'll heal you from things you didn't think you could be healed from. Like me, honestly, I didn't think my depression was going to go away. I didn't think I was going to stop overthinking. I didn't think I was going to have... I didn't think I was going to stop talking bad about myself. Having bad, you know, self, a self, bad self-image. I don't have that anymore. Now when I see myself, I see a child of God. I see someone who is... So imperfect, yet so loved. Because I'm more sinful than I think I am, but... God doesn't call me by my sin. He calls me by my name. And He does the same for you. He doesn't call you by your sin. He calls you by your name. Because that's who He created you to be. You're an image bearer of God. Because knowing that we are image bearers of God, us talking bad about ourselves... You know, dealing, not even saying that's bad, but mainly talk, like, having a bad self-image as I did. That's like dissing God straight up. Because us as, because like, we have a special place in God's heart. Because angels aren't made in the image of God. They're not. We are. I looked at my notes. We are. We, in a sense, are like higher than angels. There's a weird like theological thing going on with that but like in simpler terms angels are made in the image of God 
are not made in the image of God. We are. So once you, if you have that like bad self stuff, that's like straight up disrespecting the Lord, His creation, His image, Him. But He calls you fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made so wonderfully that He designed you in a specific way with the specifics, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you look, the kind of twang you have in your words, possibly, or whatever it may be. He has designed that for you. And I know coming to a point where I was like, you know, the Lord's made me like this. So I'm going to bless him with this. With my talk. With the way I, you know, just speak or way, the way I do life, the way I exist. I wanted to glorify God. Because that's all I can do. With what I have, I will worship him. And there's a good spoken word that I, mean, I won't repeat it, but that you should. I rec highly recommend you listen to. It's called The Word by Isaac Wimberly. And I listen to it all the time. I have it saved. Uh, even, you know, uh, at our church. I haven't done it. Last year they didn't do it. But usually for Easter, they would, like during worship, they would read off this poem or this spoken word. And it was just so... It perfectly encapsulates how great God is and how small we are, but how much He loves us and how much we could imagine to love Him because of how grand and great He is. Because God is so good. He is so loving. He is so endearing, so tender-hearted, so merciful, so forgiving. And all we have to do is take a step to come to Him and say, Lord, you don't even have to say anything. Just, God, help me. God, help me. Because the moment you take that step, that's when your life changes. Because as men, showing Weakness, showing vulnerability isn't weakness. That's strength. That takes a lot of strength to do. To say, hey, I'm broken. I need help. To find solid brothers and sisters in the in, in the Lord that you trust, that you can have these talks with and be like, hey, I need prayer. I'm dealing with this. Even more so coming before the Lord and saying, God, I am dealing with this temptation. I am dealing with this depression or whatever it is. And Knowing that he will take care of you is, that's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. So, if any of you men and young men listening to that or possibly watching this, this is the first ever filmed podcast episode. For you men and young men listening, God sees you. God hears you. He knows what you're going through. And if you haven't given him to him yet, just surrender. It's. I know it's taking a toll on you. Just give it to him. And he will walk with you. He is there with you. But you have to allow him in. You have to allow him inside to work in you, to heal you, to free you from this. Because he loves you so much and he doesn't want this for you. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Because he wants you to experience his joy, his comfort, his mercy, his love. Most of all, to experience his love. Because you are his child. He is your father. And he loves you so, so much. I want to thank you for listening. 
to this episode. And be sure to follow the Instagram at the.prayerproject for any updates or new things coming to the show. So, yeah, and throughout this rest of this month, probably many more into the future, but really focus on this month with it being Men's Mental Health Month. On the Instagram, I'll be posting little devotionals, little verses and things of that sort to encourage those men, younger men in the Lord, that it's okay to deal with these things and still love God. That it's not wrong. God doesn't hate you. He loves you so much. So thank you for listening, and God bless.